this is what I started out with as far as notes. Any piece of paper I could find around the house, I just started writing things down. And this is what I ended up with. And I'll probably be redundant on a few things I say, but the last time I walked up to pray for the church, I heard somebody say, oh, no, he's got notes. He's only going up to pray. Well, I have just a few PSs I wanted to put in there. Okay. Uh, Start off with a couple. Uh Uh-oh. You know, a teacher's problem is getting to know the people that he's speaking to. Uh, Each one of us is on a spiritual journey. Some of us know a whole lot. Is it? Can you hear me now? How's that? that better? No? Everybody's saying yes. You're saying no. If, if, turn your hearing aid up a little bit. You know, we're not starting off on a good track here. My wife wanted me to go through all this before I got up here. And I said no. Because I knew she was going to correct so many things that I had in here and then I'd have to start all over again start over you know when I taught young people some shared the only reason we were there because their parents made them come I know the feeling Uh, I understand where they're at hopefully in our study you want to hear what the Lord has to say not so much of what I have to say It's not what I have to offer, but what the Spirit of God is going to say to each of us. This is one of those topics that uh, most commentators said they don't even like to touch it. So I guess Ty and Ray sort of, I was going to draw a picture of a bus with me underneath of it. I figured that's what they were up to. They say, well, let's get him back into teaching a little bit, because I've taught for many years, Most of those people don't even go to a church anymore, so evidently I didn't have much of an impact on them. Uh, I think it's important that we share our lives with other people, people that are in the faith, out of the faith. The key word today for me is filter. I do not know how to filter anything. I say what comes to my mind. I try to go to Colossians and think it should be seasoned with some salt. A lot of times it's not. But I'm still working on that. We're all work in progress. So today we're going to be looking at Romans 13, which I wrote up here. You will see that I bought for the teachers a wide marker. So all of you can see it for a change instead of that scribbling they do up here in ancient Greek. Now, I'm not going to use it like I used to because pastor said one of the first times I taught here 35-something years ago, 
He said, turn around and address the people. You're talking to the chalkboard all the time. I said, well, everything that I got to say is more important up there than me. You don't want to see my face. Not that my backside's any better. Now, you'll see I wasn't an art major either. And then I got up here a little minute, a minute ago, and I said, gee, I, I, I left the G out of kingdom. So I was off to a bad start. I'm going to be teaching out of the English Standard Version, which is, you know, it's a correct version, but by the same token, it doesn't have all the these and the thous and those kind of things in here. So if you look at me with Romans 13... And I'm going to encourage questions because I'm going to be asking questions, not that I'm going to put anybody on the spot that they have to answer. But even if you ask me a question, doesn't mean it's going to get answered because I don't have all the answers contrary to... There's a couple of people around here that always say, well, if you don't have the answer, go ask Gary. And you'll probably get a bad answer, not a good answer. Let's, let's look at these first seven verses. I think this is all I'll be able to get through. You can see I'm a little winded and I do a lot of ad-libbing. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad Would you have no fear of one who is in authority? Then do what is good and will receive his approval, for he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For because of this you also pay taxes, For the authorities are ministers of God, attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is due to them, taxes to whom taxes is owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, and honor to whom honor is owed. Uh, If you feel like looking at that, or if you would like to even look at 1 Peter 2.13 through 17, it sort of talks about the same thing. You know, one of the things I always go to when I sort of look around and see who we have in government authorities, I know right now it seems like there's a bunch of crazies, but there's always been a bunch of crazies. I always go to Proverbs 21. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord like rivers of waters. He turneth them wherever he wills. God's still in control. You know, sometimes we don't believe it, we don't think it, we don't see it. But you know what? He's there. He's doing his work. We don't always understand why. We'll get into that question later. Some of the background study I've done is from John MacArthur, pastor of Grace Church and Seminary, Tim Keller, pastor of Redeemer Church for 25 years and author, John Piper, pastor of Bethlehem Church for 33 years, 50 books, Chancellor of the uh, Seminary, R.C. Sproul, Ligonier Ministries, A.W. Tozier, uh, one of my favorites, pastor, teacher, author, leader of the Christian Missionary Alliance after A.B. Simpson, and Martin Lloyd-Jones, who I can never think of his name when people say, who are you reading right now? And I'll say, well, I can't remember. It is a problem. 
you know, I know you don't think, but I'm 78 years old. I'm starting to get old. I'm starting to feel it. You watch the way I walk, the way I talk. It hit me a couple years ago. I don't know if it had to do with COVID, getting a pacemaker, or just I finally realized, as Karen always tells me, you're not the man you used to be. That I'm not. She chuckles, but she says it a lot. The list goes on and on of who I've read about this topic. And, you know, what's amazing is all of them are in agreement with me. No, I'm in agreement with them. They are much wiser. Most of them are older. Most of them are not even around anymore. But they were some good men to follow or read about. I think every pastor, and i got to watch the clock because I didn't think I'd have enough period, uh, material for five pages, but uh, I can see already <laughs> I'm only through the first half a page. <laughs> uh, most pastors would tell you that what they do when they study, they have certain men they'd like to go to and read and see what they have to say about the subject. I had a guy once said, well, you don't have an original thought. Everything that you say is from somebody else. Well, isn't that true? Aren't we all passing down? Aren't we reading what all the apostles and the prophets taught us and teach us? And then those guys expounded on that, and the next guy expounded on the next little bit. Like I I don't know if I said this before. I probably did, but when I walked down the aisle that one day to just say the prayer, you know, somebody said, gee, he's got notes, you know, and here I am. I've got notes, so... You've got to remember my age, my hearing, my mind, my memory, my eyes, all starting to fail. And now the doctors put me on a messament that it causes brain fog. I said, I'll be a complete idiot by the time I keep taking all this medicine. I said, you know, the trouble is the medicines you take today have side effects, after effects. And I have to take them because if I don't, I might not be here, but I'm trying to wean off a few of them. I've been teaching for a lot of years. I teach in a church in Florida. And one of the few times, well, not a few times, but the first few times that I taught, they said, uh, we really don't want you to lecture. I said, well, that's what teaching is to some degree, lecturing, teaching you what I've studied. No, we want you to facilitate. And I'm thinking, what in the world is facilitate? I didn't even know what it meant. And, of course, some of these people are much learned people in this church that I go to down there, or I should say we go down there. So I looked up facilitate, and, you know, Webster and, and of course, Google, goggle as my mom used to call it, uh, it's, you, you get people into a group. And the teacher teaches, but then they get to ask you all these questions. And you know, and this is probably a little unkind, and this is where my speech is not seasoned with salt. I say, this is nothing but shared ignorance. You haven't studied this near as much as I have, and unless you're just a genius and you know all this stuff, or maybe I'm not that smart at all, uh, It's just mass oblivion sometimes. So 
remember Pastor Benson one time, he spoke for about 30 or 40 minutes, and he said, now to the first point. I haven't even got there yet. I'm going to get to it shortly. A lot of my teaching has come from older men, not just from their teaching me, but their life, the way they lived. So I tried to follow that example the best I could. I know I haven't. Look at Romans 13, 1 through 7 again. Question, who is control here? Who do we see? It states right off the beginning, God. I mean, you can't start with anything bigger, better, or more important than that. God is in charge. We not see it. We might not understand it. We go to the word sovereign. He reigns. There's a couple kingdoms. I like to title this a little bit. There's the kingdom of God. There's the kingdom of Satan. There's the kingdom of light and darkness. There's righteousness and lawlessness. You know, the list goes on. But this is the difference. I'm sort of curious. Why are you here, Pastor? Why, why are you in my class today? You, you never come in here any other time. It's like you, is it somebody said, watch him. You know he's going to go off on some tangent. That's all right. It's fine. I'm fine. He's not learning from me, no. Do you think of those kind of things? Who's really in charge of these situations? I don't, I don't think it's wrong that we look to the Lord and say, why? What are you doing? He's probably saying, shut up. In nicer words, of course. Are we capable of even seeing his divine plan? I don't think so. Certain parts of it is revealed in scriptures, but I mean, you know, our minds are here and his go way up. We don't have any idea what he's doing and how he's doing it. And I mean, I mean, I'm looking around right now. And like I said before, these, I hate to say it, but we have some crazy people in government today. I don't know what they're doing, what they're thinking of, how they even react to situations. Uh, some of them have the same problem I have. They're just getting old. They've got dementia. They've got whatever. Some of them just, I don't think they got any sense at all. I don't know how they made it through school. I know I spent a lot of my time in school standing in a corner. I just didn't like to pay a whole lot of attention. You know, I try to read about 25 books a year, all spiritual stuff. Not Nancy Gray Mysteries or, you know, or Hallmark stuff, but stuff that, you know, has some real spiritual impact on my life. I hope it's working. But if we go back into Jesus' day, look at the people they had in control. You got Herod the first, killed all the innocents. The second, beheaded John the Baptist. Pilate 
quote-unquote, allowed the crucifixion of Jesus. Then we see the stoning of Stephen. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but God allowed it. He was in charge. If you want to read an interesting book, it's very vivid. Fox's Book of Martyrs. If you've seen what different churches did to different Christian churches and their people, it's uh, make your eyes wake up. Let's even go back to the Old Testament. Look at Daniel. We thank a Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. We look at Daniel put in the lion's den just because he wanted to pray. And then Daniel 4.35, they're questioning God's decisions, the kings and the people, I guess. And they said, what doest thou? Is that not us? Are we not saying, what are you doing? Why did you do that? It doesn't make sense. But there's a plan. One of the things when my employees used to come up to me and say, when I think you're the right kind of an employer or a boss or a leader or a manager, you're going to be priest, pastor, financial counselor, marriage counselor, any kind of wisdom that you might have, they're going to want to share. They're going to say, well, you got everything. I said, really, do I? You needed to walk on my shoes a few years ago, and we were living in poverty and didn't have hardly anything. And sure, I had a good woman behind me. Somehow my children came out pretty good. The grandchildren are not real bad. The two great-grandchildren at four and a year and a half, I'm still sort of looking at them and thinking, is these going to be the two? So, but I always used to tell my men, said, quit worrying about it. Let's work through this a little bit. We'd talk about it. Sometimes it involved giving them a little bit more money to help them out of a financial situation. I said, but six months from now, you're going to look back on this and I'm going to say, really wasn't all that important to worry about that much, was it? Now, I really have too many notes. I can see I'm going to run out of time, so I'm going to condense a lot of this and try to move on a little bit. I'd rather let you get out of here early than have to put up with me too much longer. When I was in the military, one of the first lessons that they taught us was you don't respect the man if you don't want to, but you have to respect that rank. So when God Almighty and the Lord, however phrase you want to use, put somebody in an office higher up and, and you have to submit like it says right here or be subject to, understand you're looking at the one that has more than the big five stars on his shoulders. He's in charge of everything. So just let him... Let him work. Let him do what he wants to do. You might not understand it, 
I'm sure at some time and point, you're going to be just like me. You're going to question over and over, why? Remember Alfred E. Newman from Mad Magazine? Do too many of you go back that far? And he used to say, what? Me worry? (laughs) I've been there. Paul talked about Ephesians 6.12, wickedness in high places. It's there. It's been there. It's always been there. I can go back to, I think the first president I can remember might have been FDR, Roosevelt. Just a little bit of him. But I've watched some of the other ones. And... uh, You might find this to be funny, but, you know, Richard Nixon was not such a bad guy when we look at what's out there today. The things they're doing, my son used to always say to me, he said, Dad, this wickedness is not from the blue-collar guy. It's those guys that wear those suits, wear those ties, wear those vests. There's where the real trouble's coming from. But God's put him in power for some reason. I don't understand. I've had bosses over, you know, years ago. I wasn't always, you know, the boss, the manager, the owner. But I, I've seen some guys do some really crazy things. So, as I've titled a little bit of this lesson, The Battle of the Two Kingdoms, you choose what you want to use. I've really been doing a lot of study on the kingdom of light versus the kingdom of darkness. It's scary. And the deeper you get and the more of these guys you read about. A friend of mine, that uh, he's one of the inventors of the self-driving car. He's only 50 years old and he's retired already. Uh, It's a young man that always calls me his mentor but he's far more intelligent than I am when it comes to that kind of stuff anyway. Where was I going with that? I, I have no idea anymore. I just, I just lost it for a second there. <laughs> That's why I've got to stay to my notes here because if I don't, we could be in real trouble. Acts 5, verse 29 says, we must obey God rather than man. You know, uh, in Acts 5, even further, the Pharisee Gamaliel, he said, if it's not of God, it will come to nothing. When they were preaching, and they said, we will not stop preaching in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, of course, they got through in prison, they got beat, but... There's a reason for it. Now, the big question is, how do we discern whether we listen to our leaders, government officials, whoever they are? We get into the area of civil disobedience, and this is what it's talking about right here a little bit. Are you going to obey those, submit to them, Now, if it's contrary to the word of God, then I think you have every right to step out. There's going to be a time where the rubber meets the road. You've got to walk the walk and talk the talk. 
but make sure that it's not because it's a prejudice you have, but a principle that you can go to Scripture and say, oh, this is what the Word of God says, not just what I think. You know, they used to make a big deal years ago about short skirts and long hair and going to movies. I'm doing a couple of those. I'm not wearing short skirts. But you know, they didn't read in there about wearing a suit that's made of two different kinds of cloth. You're not supposed to wear one. So we're all wearing polyester and you name it. Everything's a different mixture. So what are you looking at right now that you're living on principle? How are you interpreting God's word to fit what you're making a stance for? I remember when we first came to this church 35-something years ago, there was a group of people within here that were marching against abortion. It was the right cause. I didn't quite understand it. I didn't quite understand their their fervor for it, but they did it, and they did it for the right reasons, and it's come to fruition. If we look back at the history of the United States, we could even think about the Revolutionary War where we rebelled as a country to make the country it is today. Remember the Boston Tea Party. More recent, and now there's a lot of it going on right now to talk about Martin Luther King, the Civil Rights Movement. A lot of us didn't understand it at the time. We're seeing it now. We've done for the right causes. January 6th, I don't know. It was, it was crazy it's on both sides there, that's for sure. Uh, I think they should have taken it a point and they should have not let their, I don't know, their group, their mob go too far. They should have went up to the gates and stopped. Uh, we look at different marches, different... Uh, things that go on that maybe you and I didn't see it, but they saw it as a cause. What comes in your mind? You can throw it out if you want. You can still ask questions. That didn't mean I'm going to give you an answer. But I think what's important as we study God's word that it causes you and I to think, what are we doing? Why are we doing it? And who's in control? Now, since I wasn't an art major, these are mountains, if you could tell. And this is a road down here. Here's two cars, one here, one here. Somewhere down here they might intersect and they might not. But God knows if and when they will and why they will. That was an illustration that was given to me some 40 years ago and it sort of stuck in my mind. God knows what's going to happen. He's there. He's the author of all this. 
I think when we get to heaven, I've always said, boy, have I got some questions to ask the Lord. Somebody said, you're not going to be asking any questions. You're just going to get on your knees and be in awe of a God that is so great. Ends up this section here. Paying taxes. Mark tells us about rendering under Caesar. When they were questioning Jesus, you know, they pulled a fish out of the water and had money in his mouth. As good citizens, we're stewards of the kingdom. It's only right that we pay up. All the years I was in business, I had two major competitors, one to my right and one to my left. And all I heard was that customers would come up and say, Gary, if I give you cash, will you do it for this much? And I said, let me put it to you this way. If you can only pay that much, I'll do it. But just because you give me cash doesn't mean it doesn't get it deposited. I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I've gone to my bank on a regular basis and they said, you're depositing cash again? We don't have any small businesses that are depositing cash. I'm thinking, well, I have a hard time believing that. There's got to be. I'm not the only one that hasn't bowed his knee to, knee to bail. You know that, that, you know that story. There's others But I think it's important that we pay our taxes so our government can run. When I sold my business here two years ago, I thought, wow, I have arrived. Until my accountant said, oh, the federal government wants 20% right off the top. I said, okay, I can do 20%. Oh, the state needs 20% more. I'm thinking, wow. That big pot of gold that I got wasn't such a big pot of gold any longer. Peter, again, as we were talking about 1 Peter 2, 13 through 18, being subject to human institutions. You know, Jesus had a couple characters within his midst. We think of Levi. He was the tax collector. Zacchaeus, who wanted to meet Jesus, you know, and once he met him, he found out that he needed to pay four times back what he had defrauded people of. Uh, This is what the Lord can do, a transformation of people's lives. He did it to those two. He needs to do it to the IRS is what he needs to do. He needs to get a hold of a few of them. I'm going to end up with this thought. Is it your money or is it God's? Something to think about. Thanks. Appreciate you listening. Thanks for not giving me any questions that I could never answer. You're going to do what? Afterwards? I know the other, the other two teachers say that. I'm not going to say that. I'm going to... I'm going to hide as much as I can. So thank you for being attentive. Thanks for listening. I hope you hear what I had to say.
Thanks, Pastor, for watching me, making sure I'm correct. Or are you going to have some questions for me afterwards? Thanks a lot. Okay, it's 10 or 12 after, so I didn't do too bad. Well, just a minute. I think I have something else here I'd like to talk about. No, we're fine. Okay, thanks a lot. I appreciate it.